All right. Welcome back into the Plank Show. How? Okay, so to kind of recap, we're at OU Media Day. I, I'm curious. I know it's, it's not a big day for, like, texts or, or calls. It's not like we've opened it up because, to me, this is a reportering day. This is sure. we got to put on our Big J Journo hat and actually do some work. But I'd be curious to hear from all y'all in the next hour as we go through the Brent Venables press conference, what's really kind of caught your eye or ear, positive or negative, from what you've heard today. The best way to do that, 405-651-3439 or on Twitter at Plank Show at Josh on Ref. Um, you want to pick back up on Todd Bates where we left off before we go all in, go all in uh, here on BV? Yeah, let, let's do just that. And, uh, well, here's the question from Brandon Drum as well. I'll just let him take it away instead of paraphrasing for you. <laughs> There's been a lot of people that in, in the media that don't, they're not talking as highly of Oklahoma as they normally do heading into this season. I know you guys will sit there and say you don't pay attention, but realistically, is that being used as motivation behind the scenes in it? I think, um, you know, being a part of our program, first thing you learn is to be inside out. And, um, and the perfect example I have for you, I got two, and the, they are, it starts with an egg. All right. If an egg is broken from the outside in, life ends. But if an egg is broken from the inside out, life begins. So we're always trying to break that egg from the inside out and be an inside out program. Like the, let the light inside of you shine brighter than the light that's on you always. And then the enemy in the tent, this mindset. All right. One enemy in the tent is worse than a thousand outside. So don't focus on, you know, the thousand that are outside focus on you know doing the best you can possibly do being the best you can possibly be and um and have some thick skin you know it comes with the arena um the criticism you know you got this stage the lord bless you with this stage and this platform and um you know handle it well you know not everybody's gonna like you um but you know if you do things right maybe one day everybody will respect you so that's so, pretty good. There you go. I don't know if I've ever heard that analogy. Enemy in the tent. You, you don't want the enemy in there. I don't know. It's not just the enemy enemy in the tent one. I don't know if I've ever heard the egg the egg analogy. I I mean, I'm sure there's some of you that are like, ah, I heard that a thousand times. That's fine. I just, I'd never heard it before. So where we've had what? We've had be like the coffee bean um, before. Right. Now we add be like the egg. All right. Um. Anything else to put a cap? Let's, for those that are just tuning in, welcome to the Plank Show. We're live from OU. We're live from Gaylord Family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, to be exact. And we're getting set for the players to speak coming up here in just a bit. But we've been all in on Media Day so far. And see, Coach Finnables, whom we're going to go piece by piece a couple of things today, talked about injuries and kind of went through the roster. We'll, we'll play that for you in a bit. But there was no surprises. Now, we learned about Jacob Lacey. We did. Because we really didn't know much about Jacob. Did Coach Bates talk about that much when you were there? No, not Uh, when I was there. He was battling blood clots. Am I the last one to know this? I I think that maybe I think think Venables mentioned it. Well, I I mean, mean before today. Sorry. (laughs) I think that there was sort of private rumblings that something was going on with Lacey, and he might not be ready for the season. But in terms of knowing, no, I think okay. we all found out today. I, in fact, there was someone that was yelling at me one time because they're like, he didn't make his grades. I'm like, I, I, 
I don't think that's the case. He came from Notre Dame. I think he's going to be okay on that front. But we've learned now that um, he'll he he's working, right? He's he's working out. He's doing non contact stuff. But they don't expect him to be available until late September. Mm-hmm. But as Brent Venable said, he's in a good place. So he runs it all down. But just to kind of highlight the injury front, um, J- uh, Jacob Saxon appears to be ahead of schedule. Um, That's gr- great news. The young tight ends, whom I love all of them, still battling things. Caden Helms dinged up. Um, Jason Llewellyn dinged up, but but, but I mean, he supposed spoke, to. It just... spoke glowingly. He's like, listen, they've been snake bit, but once they get going, look out. And I feel the same way. I think Caden Helms is going to be a rock star. Um, Brennan Thompson had his tonsils taken out. Oh man, <laughs> well that that would be in the. Uh, I, I I would think that's in the minor category. <laughs> and uh, Robert Spears Jennings had his shoulder worked on after camp, after spring camp. But he's doing non-contact stuff now. Just more of a little cleanup type procedure. He'll, he'll, he'll be a full go uh, here quickly. You were with the defense. You spent the last hour resetting it. Was there one or two major takeaways that you came from? You know, hearing Brandon Hall, hearing Todd Bates, um, hearing Miguel Chavis talk about it. anything that as you walked away from, it, you're like, okay, this really stood out. Well, I don't think there's any question that Miguel Chavis thinks collectively they're they're quite a bit better, whether that's just uh, internal growth, you know, the P.J. Adabares of the world. Uh, he, he said, uh, we played the, the audio earlier, but he said, it's not very often you get somebody like as talented as Trace Ford to leave Oklahoma State to right. come to Oklahoma. Bothroyd, uh, you know, decorated uh, ACC tenure that he had. So he feels they're better. The, the other thing I thought that stood out to me was Jay Valai, I feel like, gave us a little bit of an inkling that maybe Gentry Williams is keep, and I don't think that's shocking, right? But keep our eyes on Gentry Williams potentially well, as, as one of the guys can, can I just go ahead then and, and, and follow up with one thing on Gentry Williams? You may. It was the very first question asked of Bryn Venables. Uh, Ryan Aber from the Oklahoma asked about Gentry Williams and said, hey, how's the Booker T. Washington product coming along? He's been on a mission. That's the best way I can describe it. He's uh, he's locked in, focused, and he's not that he wasn't as a as a freshman, but I don't think it, maybe it's given him an appreciation. I haven't visited with him. Uh, why have I noticed you know a different you know maybe a a more locked in, zoomed in, mature, driven, ambitious, uh, mission type of mindset? But um, that's what I've seen. Uh, incredible uh, work ethic. Teammates love him. Uh, he's got, you know, great ceiling. All of his best football still in front of him. He's long and he's athletic. He's tough as all get out. A uh, really talented uh, young player. Uh, you know, players really respect him. You know, he's got a, he's kind of a quiet by nature, uh, but he's uh, got tremendous respect in the locker room. Pretty high praise from the boss right there, right? Pretty high praise from Brent Venables. Um it, was there anything on the young backers, anything that kind of caught your ear on the young backers that was talked about from, you know, I, I felt like we went through media days, Big 12 media days, and you didn't get much on 
on Canik. But did did you hear much buzz about the Colby McKenzies or the Kip Lewis's or the Jaron Canik's at all? I probably didn't and haven't yet listened to enough okay. of Ted Roof uh, to say yes. He, he talked uh, at length about you know, Danny Stutzman's someone that we expect to be better, right? Then, uh, hey, here's the, the Big 12's leading tackler, and last year you're fighting for a job. Not that, you know, anything's quote-unquote given, but, hey, we all think Danny Stutzman is one of the key cogs on this defense, right? That's sort of expected. So right. that's that's a different situation for him to be in. But to be in that spot and to continue to improve Plank, that's uh, that's obviously key for them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear what he had to say about the Canucks well, of the world, too. I, I just didn't know if there was much. I think this is the Canuck cut. If it's not, I'll be able to find it quickly. But His confidence, um, he is such – he's got such – Talking about Jaron Canuck. So I, I found the right cut. Yes. Woo-hoo. His confidence, um, he is such – he's got such an amazing work ethic. He's very hard on himself, never satisfied. Um, always wants to get better, so he's got incredible humility, just great toughness. You can coach him hard, um, but, man, he's put the time in. And uh, he's always in the film room, always working uh, on his, uh, you know, in the weight room and the elite recovery, nutrition. He's a gym rat. He's always at the facility. Uh, he, him and Danny are like Pete and repeat, freaking frack. And I love that. That's what you want to uh, develop, you know, that culture of real deep-seated brotherhood uh no agenda just love on each other uh, you know support each other be there for one another uh pick him pick a man up when he's down and that's what it's all about to me and uh and he's and again i think when you recruit the right people that are seeking those things that'll nurture that type of an environment which to me is what playing the long ball is all about but he's He's really like a pig in the mud uh, in in where he's at in his career. He's he doesn't have uh, an overinflated opinion of himself, um, but he's confident. And uh, but he's he's not threatened by anyone else. He's very much an inside-out uh, competitor, which I think that and not everybody. Like a lot of people are not like that. They're worried about who you just brought in. They're worried about the guy next to him. They're worried about how you talk to him and how you talk to to me. And uh, and that's a very dysfunctional place to be. And, you know, and a lot of it is because people are worried about, they want to compare themselves to everybody else. And my job as a, as a head coach is to get our guys to be inside out. And to, to Barry's question earlier, you know, coach and player alike, man, we can't worry about, you know, the opinions of people that, again, no offense, that maybe we wouldn't seek, you know, uh, advice from. And, uh, you know, to get the players that way is not an easy thing to do because they live in the comparative world, you know, and everybody, whether it's recruiting rankings or scholarship offers or opportunities or the burden of expe- expectations from their parents, uh, competition, you know, it's, it's neat. They go to the camps and they're, they're getting compared nonstop. So it's a, it's a very, I think it's the thief of all joy. Uh, comparing yourself, but Jaron, flip it back to him, he's, he, he doesn't go there. And at least not outwardly in any way, shape, or form. And, and to me, that's, that's why I think he'll expeditiously grow and mature in his role. Uh, you know, and a lot of guys, they can't get out of their own way. And I've said that all the time, the biggest enemy that uh, we have as a program, and the biggest enemy that all those players are going to have for their, today, tomorrow, and the rest of their life is going to be about the man in the mirror. And uh, you got to win in the mind before you win on the field, and, and Jaron has done that. And 
uh, he'll have a you know a much more significant role, and uh, we'll see how that goes through competition and in camp and those types of things. But he's earned the trust of the coaches and his teammates through his work and his consistency, and he's just got great habits. When you have great habits. Uh, it leads to, you know, a lot of success. And I think that's what's in Jaron's future. It's got to fire you up, right? Oh, man, are you kidding me? That, that pumps you up for sure. Um, Frisco Sooner had one take, and, and this is going to lead us into the next topic of conversation, uh, which is the running backs. And, uh, oh, uh, great, it's um, it, it, it's honest. The next question kind of is a little bit about running backs, um, but I thought uh, credit – it was um, also there was an update on Julie, his wife, mm. in this. So we'll, we'll we'll bring that to you coming up after the break. Um, but Frisco Sooner writes one thing I thought was a little surprising was when Demarco was asked about Sawchuck's fumble last year in the bowl game. He said, "quote We don't focus too much on ball security or something to that effect." I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that was a little puzzling to me, and I hope that doesn't bite us at some point. Now. Uh, that I, I was talking to him. That was the conversation I was having. And I, I, I felt the same way, Frisco Sooner, when he said – and, again, there's a little history here because I'm going to bring up, for some reason, a running backs coach that triggers everybody. When Jay Bulware would talk about fumbles, I mean, that was Bob Stoops whenever he would talk about fumbles. That was a major, major – conversation take right? care of the football ball security that's why um i want to say amir abdullah but that's not who it is because that's the running back with the raiders the kid that abdul trans- adams abdul adams it's why abdul adam abdul adams couldn't stay on the field because he fumbled the football couldn't hang on to the rock couldn't hang on to the rock and so i was a little taken aback by that but I think Frisco Sooner, when he said, and I'll pull it up and play it for you so you all can hear it and make your own decision when we come back, I think his point was, hey, they, they get that hammered home enough. We're working on, uh, it, not as if it's not important, but just I didn't take it as it's not something they're working on. And, they don't and, worry too much about it. And I wasn't there. But I'll play it for you when we come back. Yeah, I'd like to hear the context of it. I, I would take it as we don't spend a lot of time talking about fumbles that have already happened. Oh, you know what? You're probably right. That That's probably a better way to look at it. I bet you're right. I bet you're right in what he meant. Because when he said we don't talk a lot about ball security, it's more, hey, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to make you pay for a mistake that you made. When you came back in the game and the very first play, what happened? You got the football. I mean, every running back's coach, running back of all time, understands if I don't take care of the football, I'm not I'm, playing. That's right. I, so in – DeMarco Murray's been around the National Football League. He understands there's one stat that equals winning, and it's turnover margin. So I, I just I can't in any way, shape, or form think that that's not a big time priority. I just, but I'd like to hear the audio, right? Okay, Let's well, hear the content. We'll play for you when we come back. But two names that we haven't, okay, me, two names I hadn't heard a lot about, got a lot of play during both the offensive line session with Bill Beatonbow. And then we're brought up quite a bit. Now, one of them, because he was asked about him, one of the names was unprompted. Brent Venables was specifically asked about DeJon Terry, who uh, he's the Tennessee defensive tackle that Mm -hmm. transferred in. So DeJon Terry was a name that got a lot of buzz. And then the the other one was a guy we talked about back in the first hour, and that was Troy Everett. And uh, there's no depth chart on here. 
And I'm not going to lie, of, of the offensive line guys who have transferred in, Troy Everett was not a name that I had heard talked about a lot, right? It seemed as if Schaefer, Schaefer was the dude. Rouse, of course. Walter Rouse. But I, I just, there wasn't a lot about Troy Everett. But you look now and he comes in, he's only a redshirt sophomore. So he's got a chance to be here for a minute. And he's 6'3", 297. Beanbo was talking about him. Brent Venables, when he was going through, um, I think the question was along the lines of being better this year. What gives you confidence that you're better from last year? And they were just talking about the overall depth. That was the name was mentioned. So I thought today was cool for me because when we project that offensive line, like Jeff Lebby did. I mean, he basically said, we got one one spot right now, and it's right, and it's what, right guard? Shocking. Yeah, that, that everything else seems pretty set. But you hear a name like Troy Everett that just doesn't get a lot of buzz unless you talk to an offensive line guy, right, like a Jeff Schwartz or a Gabe Eichert or a Cole Kublick. But I, that was pretty awesome for me. And then knowing that, all right, Lacey's going to be out for a while. It looks like Phil Pay is going to be out for a while. But to hear a DeJon Terry name specifically brought up, I thought that was pretty enlightening for what it's going to take in the interior of the defensive line. Well, they need Terry to, to help them out or – you know, if it's uh, if it's Paya, or you know, uh, if hopefully the the health side of it, if if that does work itself out for Lacey, mm-hmm. to where you know, obviously blood clots. We've we've been down that road before oh. with this program. That's it's just too scary to be you know rushing along. But if you get good news there, and by the end of September you can start easing Lacey back in. Uh, yeah, I mean, all of those guys. It'd be nice to beef up that interior a little bit to go along with Co and Kelly, who were expecting big things out of you get you know one of those uh three newcomers to be a legitimate difference maker for you be in a better spot than you were in yeah exactly all right when we come back uh let's start rolling through let's start ripping through some of these brent venables cuts including how he feels about the competitive depth and what that looks like um the talent defensively up front we mentioned Dejon terry uh and finally somebody asked about rule changes and and how he feels like things are going to change, rule changes wild. So was that, was that you? Did you jump in and ask? No, actually, it was uh, Cliff Bryant, uh, and I didn't even have to feed anyone <laughs> the question. We'll dive into it next, right here on the ref. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Frisco Sooner had brought it up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, and I think it's uh, worth just going back because a lot of people in and out throughout the day. Uh, you all, I guess, have jobs or something where you just can't sit here and live OU Media Day. Right? <laughs> Unbelievable, right? How dare they? Uh, and I, I did want to take a moment before we played this DeMarco Murray cut to welcome in our newest sponsor, uh, Neutral Vodka Seltzer. I am saying that right, aren't I? I think so. In you with the two dots on top of the U, that's T-R-L. What, that's what I've been saying. Hello. Uh, vodka Seltzer Real Juice. Uh, it's an official sponsor, not just of OU Athletics, but of our Sooner coverage. Uh, vodka, seltzer, and real juice to offer a deliciously clean, light, and refreshing taste. Uh, our man, Trav, has checked in and said they've got a regular line, a lemonade line, and a cranberry line, and it's his go-to seltzer. Okay. It's competitive league out there. We're putting our support behind neutral. Now, uh, 
Here was that quote that Frisco Sooner was talking about. For Gavin Sawchuk, such a breakout game, but still the fumble, right? So yeah. a- how is it, you know, the positives, but also in, hey, you got to protect the football and all those little things. Yeah, you know, um, we, we don't harp on ball security too much, um, you know, again, but those guys know how important the ball is, how important, you know, protecting the quarterback is. And, and for us, um, you know, um, you know, Gavin fumbling that ball in Florida State was, you know, it was kind of his – you know, reckoning, I, I guess. And, but I'm glad it happened a year ago. I'm um, glad he got that out of system, hopefully. Um, but, you know, just got to, you know, stay positive with those guys. And, you know, um, you know, come Saturdays, I'm their biggest fan. So just want to encourage them. And, again, whether it's right, wrong, or different, you know, I put them right back in after he fumbled just to show him, hey, I have confidence in you. And then I think we handed him the ball in that next series. So shows you how much confidence Lev has in him as well. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you read it right. I think you and – a couple people on the text line read it right. I think it's about, hey, we're not going to sit here and harp on this. You know the importance of it. Sure. But we're just not going to sit here and just dwell on you screwing or making a mistake. Yeah, I mean, you fumbled you fumbled right. once, and, oh, by the way, you ran for 100-plus yards. Right. Um, so I thought the best answer that Bryn Venables gave today, I thought the um, – and, and, again, there was so much good stuff from this. I believe – I believe the question was posed about what he has changed as a head coach um, and where he has made. And, in fact, I think it was um, where you talk about being better, you being better as a head coach, where do you want to be better? What did you learn from year two to year as a coach or- uh, from year one to year two? Mm-hmm. And where, where do you want to improve? I think it's George Stoyce. Great question. Uh, and Brent Venables with a great answer. Yeah, my expectations will be better in every every single area. Uh, you know, even through success, you should continually be improving and getting better. And I've, all, I've said that, you know, lots of times. And, and uh, so there's no area uh, that I can't get better at. So I'm working on all of them. And, uh, and my expectation is, um, and you the best version of me in a year two and uh but there's not any one area uh, as i stated uh, earlier i think probably um something that's been affirmed i've always said from a football standpoint that the further away from the ball you physically get the the you know the less stress there is in in many ways and that's on the football field for the football players you know, there's much less margin for error uh, the closer to the ball you get uh, with your stance, with your pad level, with your footwork, with your eyes, your hands, because everything is on you quick. And what I've learned as a head coach, uh, and I'm kind of giggling about it just uh, for lots of reasons, but uh, no agenda, but the further away from the ball you get from, from a personnel standpoint and your staff, the the more needs, uh, you know, need to be met or just people are a little more needy, you know. And I, so I look back, I said, well, why is that? Because the people, the coaches and the players are where are they at all the time. They're in the locker room and they're on the field and they're in the middle of the doing and the competing and the supporting and the responding and all that. But everybody else out here, they got life going on. And I have great appreciation and value for the, for for people that are further away from the ball. But you just got to manage, you know. Uh, you got to manage 
all of their needs and uh, you know their wants and things like that. So yeah, it's been good, um, but you spend a little time, a little more time because I'm I, again I've said this as well. I'm more like a cactus that you know I don't I'm heavy sun and a little water, and so I expect everybody uh, through all my years and on defense, everybody's like me, right? You know, you don't need no water and lots of sun, right? And uh, and I have been pretty good at motivating people, inspiring people to be more like me, uh, if you will, and to just have that, that kind of mindset. And uh, But that doesn't always work. And I, I always knew that at home. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to change your tune when you go into, the, into your house, but you have a whole staff. Uh, again, there's just a lot going on. Life's going on. And for me to be, you know, the best leader uh, and head coach that I can be, I need to be mindful of all of that. Something that as an assistant or as a coordinator isn't a major area of concern, people that are far away from the ball. And by that he means more than anything that has to do with the guys in the locker room, right? you got to deal with everything. <laughs> as you're the, you're the head coach of the program, that's a lot of people saying, Coach, there's a donor's dinner. We need your input on this project upgrade. Coach, we need you to go. Uh, speak at this event. You know, there, as he said, people far away from the ball. I love that analogy. Um, and, and I love the idea that, hey, listen, I've had to learn that I've been pretty good at motivating people in how I do what I do because we've won. But yet I also know there's got to be a different, ver- not necessarily different you, but maybe to where it's you're more open. And using the analogy of going home is a great, great comparison. I used to be one of those guys when I started in radio, Josh, I never understood people taking days off. I'd be so mad. I'm how like, can you? How We're doing radio, dude. Why are you taking a day off? It's the easiest thing ever because we're talking sports. It's great. It's, and, and I was young, and I didn't have any kids yet. And it'd be like um, they'd give us Labor Day off. And I'm like, you can't take Labor Day off. It's the first Monday after. What are we doing taking Labor Day off? And I think it was Don King was like, I want to spend time with my kids. I'm like, what? And that's when it re- okay. Listen, you got to realize there's a lot of other wants and needs out. There. I have that used to have that cactus like mindset where I'm doing all this. You should do it too. But in that same vein, everyone's different and everyone has different needs. I love that analogy. Hey, you're further away from the football. You got more responsibilities as a head coach. And while I want every minute I have to be watching film and breaking things down on the on the chalkboard, the dry erase board, but I got to realize that those types of relationships are important and they matter too. Sure. And you got to address them in a different way. So I thought that was really cool. Now, I know what people are, where's the time management question? To me, that falls under the everything needs to be better. All of it. Right. All of it. And I think, you know, when you look at today as a whole, if you're talking about Brandon Hall here or Valai or Chavis, uh, you know, a bunch of these new coaches, Levy, Brent Venable's your head coach. It's year two. Mm-hmm. How much more comfortable are you here now? And, like, the same question applies to a lot of these folks, whether it's the head coach, whether it's your offensive coordinator, uh, safeties coach. What what did you learn from last year that's different mm-hmm. this year? Because it, it is, you know, everything was new in large part last year for Oklahoma, including the head coach that was in his first time as a head coach. Doing everything for his first time as a head coach, right? So there was a lot of learning. Uh, last season and let's hope the uh learning pains the growing pains thing of the past all right what one more before we break and then we'll get into the update on on julie and then there's a 
there's a lot to digest because I I think the question had a couple of different parts to it, but obviously it you know it, it seems like a good update on his wife who's battling breast cancer. But here is on the you know the the, the non real life side of things. You hear about competitive death death what does that mean what is that why what's the difference between 23 and 22 um, no, running backs i don't know if they're used i mean oh hold on hold on break 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 had the wrong one here you go all right try this one here well there's we actually have some experience in in our systems um in the weight room in our in our x's and o's in our culture so we have you know a, a small foundation of guys I think 76% of our scholarship players are either in their first or their second year at Oklahoma. So it's, it's still a, when I say small percentage, it, you know, uh, relatively speaking, uh, year three, it'll look different year four to look different. And, um, but we do have some experience that can nurture all of those things. They can teach, uh, in a locker room, the culture expectations, uh, you know, in the weight room and certainly in the film room and then out on the practice field. So uh, that part is, you know, uh, different. And then again, I think we've made ourselves better. As I've expressed to our team uh, after our last game, you know, what my focus is and what I'm committed to bring into this locker room. I want them to have clear vision. I want my team to understand uh you know, the, the expectations, the values, uh, the standards that I'm looking for in the recruiting process. And, uh, and I need their help, too. You know, when I, you know, I might think one thing when I bring a guy in, but if he's not about the right stuff, which we had that happen uh, with one guy, uh, we got the coach, that ain't it. And, and we took a hard left-hand turn. And, uh, you know, I value their opinion. They matter to me. And... Uh, but I really feel like we've gotten better, you know, through uh, both the high school and the transfer portal. Uh, the test of time will really tell. But um, we brought in guys that have um, experience, um, that, again, brought uh, leadership qualities that um, you can develop. It takes time, but they have some natural intrinsic leadership ability. And, and then, again, the humility to blend in, you know, the last thing I want is to deal with uh, prima donnas or guys that want something for nothing. You know, I got to promise them to get them here, something, and I'm not, I'm not compromising uh, who we are. And for our players, what I want them to know is, like, competition is going to make everybody better. My job is to bring in somebody every year to beat you out. That's what a, a championship program, that's the vision of a championship program. Your job is to worry about your opportunity and do the best with it that you can. Have the right mindset, the right attitude, the right effort, uh, the right ability to respond, uh, the toughness. You control all of those things. We're going to give you a lot. We're going to give you you know, amazing apartments and amazing nutrition and strength and conditioning and elite recovery and brand new suits. But you got to bring effort and attitude and guts and toughness. I can't give that to you, and and you got to you you make a conscious decision to bring that every single day. That travels. You can put that in the suitcase and travel with that. But you can't your stars and your scholarships and your high school uh, accolades, uh, your accolades from another school. You got to start completely over when you come here. And if you're not about that, then this isn't the spot for you. And and so we. We worked hard at trying to protect um, uh, 
the things that we're trying to build by being open and honest and transparent in recruiting too. Like what you're getting ready to do will be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Are you about that? And if you're not, don't come here. You know, and if you don't embrace the expectations of a place like Oklahoma and the scrutiny that comes along with that, you know, surprise, surprise, you know, it's no different. You know, you're a, you're, you're, you're out there uh, for everybody. That's okay. You know, perspective is, is incredibly important. And I have an appreciation for it. Good. I'm glad the room's full. Good. And, uh, and, and I want to meet those expectations. As a matter of fact, I want to exceed those expectations, and I want players that, that value that too. They, they get that. Derek LeBlanc? Is that what he's talking about? Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I hate to speculate on that. I'm sorry. It's just I, 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 I'm sure the message board gurus have already figured it out. But when you say, hey, you had a guy that got here and just realized it wasn't going to be it, and he's gone. But I like that. All right, we got a break. We're, we're a little bit behind. It's 1140. The Plank Show is live from OU Media Days today. Pumped to be here covering the Sooners on site with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. And today's coverage is brought to you by, and all of our training camp coverage is brought to you by Neutral Vodka seltzer real juice you can find neutral at any of your local local uh, liquor stores or ask for it by name at your favorite bar or restaurant when we come back we'll get an update on coach's wife and how julie's doing next right here on the ref all right so the question uh, we're rolling through the brent venables press conference from moments ago some of the highlights uh, i know steel man's going to go through it we got tons of audio from today to share as we're at ou media day brought to you by neutral vodka seltzer all right, so uh, the question was about the use of running backs, the value of them in the NFL game, the importance, and then Coach gets us an update on Julie Venables, his wife, and how she's doing as she uh, underwent surgery last week and is battling breast cancer. Um, no, running backs, I don't know if they're used. I mean, I'm sure they're, they're, you use them more in the space game, but that's been going on for a little while now, and uh, you don't see it. Ibacks a whole lot, and certainly in college. Uh, and when you do, it's like, what's that? You know, it's like Washington right down the road here. You know, they won a state championship, and they got those things called two tight ends on the field at once. Hell yeah. And every once in a while, they put them both, like, in a line. Now there's three of them. There's a guard, there's a tackle, and there's this thing called a tight end. And, uh, and so um, and people don't necessarily know what to do with that. You know, you play them in a six, you play them in a seven, you play them in a nine. Uh, do you knife him? Do you, it's it's really um, fun to see you know evolution of of college football. But you know, uh, so are they used differently? Some ways, yeah. I mean, I think you you see them. Uh, the, the good running backs have a very diverse skill set. You know, uh, where they can bump out wide and play like a receiver and be a real matchup issue. You know, if you're trying to play man to man or a linebacker or the space game, you know, the NFL is a, is a big time space game. Many ways, the college, college is a little more uh, run RPO, uh, but the space game's been a, a big part of college too. But the short passing game has been utilized tremendously in the NFL, and the backs are a big part of that, you know. But I don't know. I don't sit and spend any time comparing, you know, the NFL to college. I'm uh, just thinking it through, though, ask, answering your question. And, and uh, you got to have, I know this, one thing that's very synonymous, you got to, uh, uh, more the same than not is you got to have a stable of them. You know uh, they have a short shelf life, and 
and uh, you know every you know our roster is set up in such a way as we got a, a bunch of varieties of the skill sets that uh, we love. So um, you know we'll continue to find ways to to use our guys. You know both you know carrying the rock and and uh, and out in space as well. Um, Julie, uh, appreciate you asking. Uh, obviously we we got a, a diagnosis on on June 16th that was uh, knock you off your feet and uh, one that. Uh, you know, it takes me back to talking to my mother in January of 2005 and having a, uh, you know, a stage four uh, conversation. And, and one of those that, you know, there's no, uh, you know, blueprint on how to handle that. But, uh, you know, you know, our real sanctuary and our, you know, true shelters, our faith and the power of prayer and with so much support and I appreciate everybody here that has reached out you know it's been um, you know uh, nothing short of amazing uh, uh, a group of people that have uh, helped in uh, whether it's the doctors or um, administration my people I work with our staff our players our players parents and certainly so many friends in the Sooner Nation so that's been great so she uh, had a uh, a surgery on Friday morning, and uh, we're hopeful that um, we got everything, and uh, we're may we maybe uh, can avoid, uh, you know, further, um, you know, treatments such as radiation and chemotherapy. We'll find that out in the next several days, but uh, we're we, we think it's not in her lymph node, so that's a, a great thing uh, in the in that cancer world. So uh, right now it's was was contained and. And so now we're trying to help strengthen her and get her back on her feet. So appreciate it. She's tough. And as I said, she's a honey badger. And uh, she's got a medical background as a former nurse. And so she she already knows the answer to the question. So get it get it right, Doc. And uh, uh, so she's, again, she's amazing. Uh, and, and I know, I think Hoove had tweeted this and then just kind of give the clarity. When he talked about the stage four diagnosis, I think, I'm pretty sure he's talking about when his mom got the so i know 2005 right so i think those were a separate from what julie is dealing with but i don't know and i don't know if i need to know i don't care if i know i just want her to be okay and i thought that was um a positive update because i think it was she go to was it like new orleans to have the surgery done i think is where the cancer specialist was so that was a that was a positive update and and we're hoping for good news right right exactly I know there's been a, a fledgling, kind of a groundswell attempt to do a pink out in the opener, right, where they want fans to wear a pink in support of Julie Venables. I'm all in. I, I don't know what the process is to make that happen or what we need to do, but I've seen it. Um, who's my guy? A bunch of fans want want this to happen. Who, yes. Who's my guy that does all the, the graphics that's a rock star? Um, but he put together Miles gra- Creations. Miles, Miles Creations, yeah. He put together a graphic that was really cool. But we'll see what the university has on tap, too. But really, uh, what sounded like a very positive update. Now, when we come back, let's let's get one final thought here from Brent Venables. We talked about the challenge of getting off the field on third and fourth down and probably my favorite answer of this whole press conference okay. next coming up on the ref. All right, this is my favorite moment uh, from Brent Venables today. Uh, and and John Hoove gets an assist for the great the great question and then the immediate response from Brent Venables. Angled on getting better at getting off the field on third down, getting off the field on fourth down. 
Can you describe how you go about doing that? Because you can't practice the pressure and the, the tension. And all you can't. Yeah, you can. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can. And I believe it starts with the coaches. This, you know, if if it ain't you know, game seven mentality from the coaches, then, then, then it ain't going to be for the players. If it ain't the biggest third down, you know, uh, f- third and fourth down period that you've ever had in your entire life as a coach in that moment, then it's not going to be for the players. And, and I believe in living and dying in that moment. I believe in that. And I believe in that, that, that atmosphere. I believe coaches create that. And, and uh, you know, again, that's, that's my belief. And that's our job uh, to create that environment, to create that buy-in, uh, to create that response, uh, to create that sense of urgency and that s- sense of desperation. And that's how you chase excellence, and you can't compromise that. And you create that. You know, we're in a different spot. We're in a better spot than where we were, again, 12 months ago when it comes to um, the understanding of what we're trying to create on that practice field. That's got to be everybody's practicing. Everybody's got the same you know, 20-hour a week, eight-hour a week in the, in the off-season. Everybody's got the same. So how do we make it a, a competitive advantage? How can we be better? And, again, and I go right back here. And, and so I believe you can. I believe you can. You create great pressure. You create uh, a winner-loser uh, environment. Uh, you quantify that. And then you recruit to that. I love that. But you can't really practice. You can, yes, you can. Absolutely, we you can. You bet you can. And we're gonna. And we're, <laughs> I, I will say, when they're, and it was not, I mean, nothing bad about who. It was just, it was, the response was just so hilarious that I laughed. And I was sitting over to the side of him, and I went, <laughs> and about three people looked at me. I'm like, why? It was funny. I mean, come on. Whenever, whenever someone's like, you really can't do that. He's like, oh, yes, you can. And and again, it goes. It shows you that there. It's more than just the players. There is a level of expectation of the coaches too. By God, you better have relentless energy whenever it comes to preparing your guys. And what did Coach Venables always say when guys would make mistakes last year? If they're doing that, they were coached that way. Yeah. So that's right. I thought it was a fun day. I I, I think we got through all the big things from Brent Venables. If we didn't, you know who's got you covered next? Mike Steele and Parker Thune is here, and I know he's coming up later this afternoon. Connor, thanks for helping us out today. We'll be back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios tomorrow. Thanks to Mike Houck. Thanks to the entire media relations crew, Eric, Patrick, for letting us set up here. Uh, and most importantly, thanks to you, the Ref Army, for tuning in today. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the Home of Sooner Fans.